0: Hey, it's Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. If you're a fan of this show, there's a new Spotify feature that lets you automatically follow the show. Just tap the bell on the show page to get notified as soon as new episodes are released. By turning on new episode notifications, you'll also automatically start following the show. Pretty nice. And for all the latest episodes from shows that you follow, you can easily access them on the What's New feed on your home page. You just hit the little bell in the top right corner. You'll see all your new episodes. All right, now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I am not Danny Heifetz. How Where could I ever be if I tried? Uh, that's right. Heifetz is out today. He's slacking off somewhere. But today I am joined by Danny Kelly and the Ringer's Ben Solak, who you can listen to on the Ringer Gambling Show on Wednesdays with Warren Sharp as well as the Ringer NFL Show on Fridays. Ben, do you play fantasy football?
3: Poorly. Uh, <laughs> I learned what basketball was this year, and that was sick because my problem with fantasy is that I do a lot of like thinking, and I'm like, I know how football works. I'll start Kenyon Drake over Derrick Henry because of DVOA, <laughs> and then it's just always wrong. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a cl- uh, chronic over-manager and overthinker. so best ball is sick. I think I'm going to like best ball forever. Uh, as Danny can attest, I missed the Ringer Fantasy Football draft this year, and yeah. subsequently drafted Derrick Carr, Cooper Cup. Uh, I had a really good draft. It's been great I think so your far, team like, is pretty good still, like isn't it? Two, three and one, I think, yeah. So basically, as, as little uh, as I can influence my own teams, the better.
0: On today's show, we're doing our Shark Tank bets as usual, and Ben is going to join us for that. But first, we have some news. DK, you want to run us through that?
4: Yeah, a couple things to monitor going into the weekend. So Damian Williams of the Bears was placed on the COVID IR list. He tested positive, I believe, and so he has to now have two negative tests uh before the weekend in order to play it's looking unlikely that he'll play if it's this late in the week so khalil herbert mm. is a late week pickup if you haven't already grabbed him he's definitely got to go grab he was already splitting time almost 50 50 with damian williams last week and so going forward i think he can definitely be like a top 24 starter at running back going forward um so that's just one thing to monitor definitely go pick him up if you can uh, another item aj brown and julio jones both on track to play the bills so that's exciting because this is this has the potential to be sort of like an up tempo, high, high volume passing game, uh, with both Brown and Jones. Uh CMC still out as of Thursday afternoon. Um, so it's looking like one more week of uh, Chuba Hubbard versus Minnesota, and then finally something to monitor as we're going into the weekend and as we're going into Sunday. There appears to be a small COVID outbreak with the Cardinals, according to Dan Graziano from ESPN. Um there were three COVID tests with the team this week. They're getting increased testing. Uh, I know that DeAndre Hopkins was out with an illness on Thursday. Unclear yet if that was related, but it's just something to monitor as we go forward. Um, so yeah, those are the main things kind of keep in mind right now.
0: Yeah, AJ Brown, man, we're all waiting.
4: <sighs> the usage, the usage has been strong. the The output has not been strong, but I know that he's been dealing with injuries. So hopefully now he's healthy and good to go.
0: Okay. Let's get this started. So Ben has not done Shark Tank with us, but we essentially pretend that we're on the show Shark Tank. I don't know who's who. You could be Mark Cuban today if you want, Mr. Wonderful. So I've never
3: seen an episode of Shark Tank. Uh, (laughs) Is that right? My full exposure to Shark Tank was listening to last week's episode so that I understood (laughs) what the concept here would be. Um, And so I didn't know why we were calling people sharks for a while. Googled that. Uh, Generally liked the music, though. The vibe was great. Excited to participate.
0: (laughs) Clearly you're... Your economics teacher in high school never missed any time because when you had a sub, man, they just fired up Shark Tank. What That's high what school were you going to? where you teaching economics to sixteen-year-olds? <laughs> we had <laughs> I had an econ <laughs> class. We
3: had social studies, man. That's wild. <laughs> they didn't even teach us how to write checks when I was in high school. Yeah, exactly. And no, I, I, I had home economics. That was about it.
4: Ben, here's the deal: Shark Tank. It's not a Discovery Channel show. It's, it's about investing. Shark That's different. Yeah. I'm trying to get you to invest in my deal or in, in my bet here, and, and here's what I'm going to offer you: sharks. Okay. I want a $5 bet. I'm looking for a $5 bet on Terry McLaurin hitting the over 77 and a half yards this week. Um going up, going up against the Chiefs. We've seen this Chiefs defense. Ben, you wrote about the Chiefs defense even before they completely fell apart against the Bills, so you were definitely on top of this one. Um and there's a couple things that are really like pointing towards Terry McLaurin this week. Number one, obviously, going against the Chiefs defense, which has been very very bad against the pass. In fact, um they are thirty first in pass defense DVOA this season so far, not great. Uh, Curtis Samuel, he had a groin injury; he's still out. Deami Brown still dealing with the knee thing; he's kind of like limited all week. Logan Thomas is out. Dick Seals Jones is kind of like the only other pass catching weapon in this offense, other than obviously the running backs <laughs> in this um, in this offense. However, it's all McLaurin. It's it's a funnel to McLaurin. He's a target hog right now. Twenty nine percent target rate. On the season, that's fifth most among receivers. Uh, Going back to since week two, here's his targets. 14, 7, 13, and 11 in that stretch. So from week two on, he has 45 targets. That's second only to Devontae Adams. So he's going to get a ton of targets in this game. Heineke is kind of just this fuck it, I'm going to throw it up type of quarterback going up against the Chiefs who are bad. I think the Chiefs are still, they're still a very good offense. Washington offense or Washington defense is not good. So I could see this being a high scoring game. All that together, I think there's a solid chance that McLaurin goes over the 77 and a half receiving yards. And the other thing to keep in mind: the times that he's gone under that number this season, it was against Buffalo, who's number one in defensive DVOA. Uh, sorry, defensive pass DVOA. New Orleans, who's fourth, and the Chargers, who are 11th. And again, KC ranks 31st.
3: So, Sharks, what do you think? It's <laughs> right, so my my opening question is this. Why not the receptions line? why the receiving yards line uh what is what is the receiving what's the receptions line so the p f f player prop tracker has it at six and a half, which he's hit the over on i think every single time this season uh okay. and the whole your whole argument is predicated on targets, so why not receptions over receiving yards
0: wait the prop wait the, the his it's six and a half catches
3: yeah, that's what the uh yeah that's what the p f f tracker has it at, which i know they pull from different books, so they have it at six and a half
0: he's had under six catches in, th- in three of five games this year.
3: Has he? Oh, I thought he's been over in every single one. The 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 idea with me with the amount of volume is I'd be worried about how far they can get it down the field because I'm worried about how long they can pass protect, which is why I would rather take the, the receptions. But this is your problem. You can do whatever you want.
0: Well, No, 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 no. That's not what this is, it's, ben. I'm you trying got, to convince you to buy in, buddy. He needs an investment. Uh,
3: I'm sticking with
0: the
4: receiving yards. And here's the reason I think it, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I saw Kansas city, one of the worst in the NFL in explosive pass passes allowed. Um I don't know. I just think all things considered like the shoot, shoot them out style game. That's going to be um the, the reason I brought up targets is just because he's going to get like the vast majority of this offense. He's um fourth so far in this on the season in air yard in, sorry in team air yard share. He's getting forty-four percent of the air yards in this offense. Um, so I just think all those things together are gonna add up to a lot of volume uh, and a lot of yards. I do like if you guys want to do a side bet on the the reception's over too, like I'm totally down with that. But I'm sticking with my receiving yards one here, just because I did all the work for it and I don't I don't know it off the top of my head what you're <laughs> what you're asking me.
0: <laughs> uh I do like that he beats up on bad teams. You know, against the Giants, he had 11 catches. Against Atlanta, he had six for 123, and now they're going up against the Chiefs defense that has been terrible uh, over the past few weeks. So 77 does feel a little high. It does. But considering this is one of the highest totals of the week, um, I like to shoot him up potential. DK, I'm in. Let's go. Hell yeah.
3: Hell yeah. I'm down. There's no Traverius Ward this week as well. Of, or at least we're not expecting it. I know he didn't practice on Thursday, uh, which means he's getting Rashad Fenton on the outside. Mike Hughes? Like I, I like Terry in all matchups, but especially in those matchups. What's going on, What's going on with Washington's defense, Ben? So we have five <laughs> very good defensive linemen. Yeah, and because they're all very good, we never want to take them off the field. So we're going to live in five down fronts, and then mm. uh, so they're trying to run like tight bear stuff, which is like uh, uh, you know it's a good example. Like it's 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 a, it's a little bit like Brandon Staley inspired, but not really. Um, But anyway, so they're trying to run all these five down fronts. They're not getting dominance from those guys. And then they signed William Jackson to be a number one corner. And that was a little bit worrisome from the jump. And their secondary is not like physical. They don't want to play. It's bizarre. Jackson Fuller right now looks like he's just like vibing. You know what I mean? Like Cam Curl is nuts. Everybody else chilling. Uh, So if you're not (laughs) moving the quarterback off his spot, these guys right now aren't playing as solid in man coverage. You need somebody, some of the big money guys, whether it's Young and Montez Sweat in terms of draft picks, or Fuller and and Jackson in terms of contracts, to start showing up.
4: Uh, so the reason I ask is I, I I do think this is I mean Chiefs are going to probably play at anybody good in terms of their offense, but mm-hmm. I do think this is going to be like a high volume, high scoring game. So
3: that's I think that's good for like the game script for the for Washington. Yeah. I was looking at a bunch of Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes props but I was like those are boring and lame taking it (laughs) over on Patrick Mahomes because he's Patrick Mahomes is not fun for a podcast
4: that was an unwitting dig at Heifetz there yeah yeah what
0: Heifetz likes to do yeah Heifetz likes to find these like lines (laughs) with terrible juice it'll be like Patrick Mahomes over one and a half touchdowns it'll be like minus 230 and he'll run that out as his prop bet and we'll be like cool that's why you have an inflated percentage of hit rate you can't just track the win loss you gotta track
3: the units that's where it is if you look at my win loss this (laughs) season horrible look at my units we're doing
0: okay Oh, yeah, we shit. call it pulp. How much juice a bed has? Hyatt ah, loves the pulp. The pulp. Yeah, Ton yeah. of pulp. Uh, okay, so that's so that's a, got group a group chat. chat. Hell yeah! When yeah. we all agree, it's called a group chat. Because then we create a group chat and talk about. Taylor and McClure
3: we just we just track <laughs> Terry McLaurin's targets and receptions. <laughs> yeah. I
0: yeah. Okay. All right. Sharks. Yo. I'm looking for $5. That's it. $5 from each of you. You could even combine for $5. That's okay. For Aaron Jones, over 53 and a half rushing yards versus the Chicago Bears this week. Mm. I think the Bears are going to try to make Green Bay run the ball, limit the deep ball, keep everything in front of them. And throwing out week one when they played New Orleans, Green Bay I'm talking about, Aaron Jones has averaged 75 rushing yards a game on 16 carries a game. I like the over on his 13 and a half carries too. I think that we've all gotten a little bit too hot on the AJ Dillon thing in the last two weeks. Um, I think that's been a little bit more game script dependent and the carries are still there for Aaron Jones. The yards are still there for Aaron Jones. He's still one of the best running backs in the league. 53 and a half seems really low uh, for a guy who's like a top five back in the league in a game that has a low total that I think they're going to run a lot. So I like 53 and a half over for, for Aaron.
3: So I, I accidentally stepped into a a, a high Fitz dig. I have been trying to predict this Packers backfield for five weeks, and I'm like, oh, for five, <laughs> I cannot do it. I missed a very large parlay on the uh, the who's the Packers play in primetime. The other week. Uh, the, the Bengals, it was uh, mm. the last week game, because A.J. Dillon got his first ever red zone target. All all season. Just, yeah, we're not going to throw to Aaron Jones this time. Oh my gosh, I can't get him right. Uh, (laughs) So you don't want me in on this. But what I will say is that off of the way I understand how they divvy out their runs, if they want to go between the tackles, they want Dylan. If they want to stretch, they go Jones. When you look at where you're going to beat this Bears defense, they play with light personnel. Their linebackers are very, very fast. It's through the tackles. So to me, this is the game I expect heavy Dylan and not heavy Jones. So I'm out. But again... I have not been correct on this Packers backfield at all. It has been my nightmare this season. So you do not want me in on this investment product, shark.
0: (laughs) Nice throw in there with the shark. Nice job. DK, what do you think?
4: So, oh man, this is tough too. I feel like I've been like the guy, the only, well, not the only guy, but like one of the few people that's super excited about AJ Dillon. So I'm like, my heart is telling me I want AJ Dillon to have a bigger part of the offense and like be a big part of it which is why I'm actually going to be in because kind of on this along the same lines as what Solok was saying it's like I've always just been sort of wrong on this on this Mm -hmm. uh, run game and since my heart wants me to have a big AJ Dillon date I think I'm going to hedge here go with Aaron Jones think about Jones is like it takes this this is like you could get three quarters of the way there with like a big run from him and he's always like down for like a nice 30 yard run or whatever Mm -hmm. um So I'm going to say... I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to say I'm in. Because I just think Aaron Jones is a super explosive runner. Um, I don't think that... like The utilization really didn't change all that much in terms of the ground game last week. Um, I mean, yeah,
0: you can look at his short down and distance snaps, AJ Dillons, and he had 100% of them in week five, but there was one of those snaps. Yeah. So it doesn't really mean as much. you know. Aaron Um, Jones
4: is still... So this is from the PFF utilization report, which is, again, invaluable. So he had... Sixty-one Aaron Jones, 61% of the rushing attempts. A.G. Dillon, just 35. I mean, it's still definitely Aaron Jones' backfield. Uh, Dillon is more of like a... Um, change the pace guy which is funny because he's like 247 pounds um, he's just like we throwing changed up. the <laughs>
3: pace by
4: jacking the pace up
2: <laughs> just making pounds. making it
4: very difficult for you to tackle this guy uh, mm-hmm. so anyways yes I like this one I'm going with Aaron Jones I've, every time I've doubted Aaron Jones I think uh, like every time we've literally ever talked about him on this podcast I've been wrong so I'm going with you
0: always underrated Aaron Jones yeah. okay cool alright Ben hit us alright
3: I'm excited okay Hammerheads and Great Whites. Here we go. Uh, I want Henry Ruggs over 44.5 receiving yards. That's Ooh. what I'm, I'm hoping to get the five-buck investment into. And here's why. Uh, Broncos defense, Vic Fangio defense are going to be a quarter-style defense. We're going to build a roof on top of you, whatever. They've actually given up a fair number of explosive passing plays this year. We even saw that in their loss to the Steelers, where the Steelers were able to get Deontay Johnson one on the outside sideline route. And that was their first score. That's where they generated their lead. So they're at 9% explosive passing play surrender this year. It's right about league average. Meanwhile... Ruggs is fifth in the league in targeted air yards at 16.4. So only four players in the league get targeted downfield more than Ruggs does. Uh, His lowest yardage mark of the season was 46, which would be over this number. His lowest target mark of the season was three. It was last week, and he was still over this number. He had 51 yards because he has a completion of at least 23 yards in each game this season. So he's going to get halfway there at least on one play. So I'm, I'm asking basically, will Henry Ruggs be able to get 22 yards elsewhere in the game beyond his one big deep target. A minimum, or excuse me, a maximum of 22 yards. So because of how explosive Ruggs is, and because this Broncos defense is willing to give up those plays, uh, I think that Ruggs is a good shot to go over this number. If you have a book that has, like, Uh, longest reception over under it's usually set around 23.5 sometimes 24.5 for rugs right now to me that's an over as well i expect him to be an explosive part of this passing game i think this is going to be a tight game so i expect the raiders to be down in the fourth quarter need the opportunity for some shot plays Uh, i think that rugs makes a lot of sense going over his total this was
4: a hard this game is hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around because you know you got like the john gruden Uh, thing that happened and and like what effect will that have on this team? Like on one side, I I could see them completely falling apart. On the other hand, I could be like, you know, it's been an emotional week for the players and therefore they come out like playing hard and all that stuff and like Derek Carr lights it up. I I don't know how to feel about this. I do like this one though. And again, with the utilization, like he's still running a ton of routes and he's still getting... Um, generally speaking, on the season, he has had a really good like target rate. Just last week, it was just was kind mm-hmm. of a blip; it wasn't good. And I think he's going to get back to how he was like kind of earlier on in the season. So um, I like this one. I like the ones that are like you can get like a big play and Absolutely, get really yeah. close to like where you're where you're wanting to be. So um, I kind of uh, at the end of the day, and th- and I'll talk about this a little bit. In one of my props, but I think this is going to be kind of like a higher uh, scoring and um, more past game oriented game than it might feel like on paper. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be in on this one.
0: Yeah, coming out hot on a Henry Ruggs bet is bold, I will say. Uh, Ruggs <laughs> has burned us in the past in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're right. All the underlying numbers are there. His routes have gone up every week. And uh, everything you pointed out makes a lot of sense. I can't believe I'm investing my capital in Henry Ruggs, but I'll, I'll do it. Let, let's, let's go with that. <laughs> I will
3: say, so from a pure, pure film perspective... Ruggs looks better this year than he's ever looked in the nfl right i think mm-hmm. last year we wanted him to be like a top 15 drafted wide receiver and he was just volatile right like there were moments where you were like yeah and then there were moments where you were like god no this year there's a lot more steadiness there's a lot more that's how it's supposed to look over the middle of the field it's how it's supposed to look in short areas like he feels like he's rounding out his game a lot uh the other thing that interests me is i think that kareem jackson's maybe out for this game which means that Fangio's got to figure out what he wants to do with Waller because Kareem Jackson is their box safety. He's usually the guy you'd like over Waller. Uh, And so if they have to get clever with how they defend Waller, it gives Ruggs good matchups on the outside. If it's like Patrick Sertan, he's got the ability to to burn Sertan and get downfield.
4: Uh, Former teammates, right?
3: Yeah, got a lot a lot of reps against one another in practice. That's Problem is, that Sertan's Tan, a big boy, uh, and uh, Henry Rugg's pretty quick.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's never like the greatest. Uh, we talked about that in the past, like with Richard Sherman, like he just doesn't play well against like the shifty little guys, the speedsters. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a good one. Um, you mentioned this, but he hasn't hit the under at any point this season. I think that's kind of crazy. Um, Anyway, I like that bet. Let's do it. That's Um, how you know
3: it's going to hit this week. (laughs) Had
4: to say
0: it. Had to Uh, say it. Sorry. Jinx Uh, in a field goal kicker right there.
4: Yeah. He has not missed from this range all season. (laughs) Um, All right. Sharks. Sticking with that same game. I'm looking for an investment in Melvin Gordon under 47.5 rushing yards this week. Um, So there's a few reasons that I like this bet. I mentioned it before. Uh, I just kind of, for whatever reason, I got this gut feel that it's going to be more of like a pass game oriented, like script or whatever. That's going to be sort of back and forth. I think that the, the Raiders are going to come out inspired or whatever, because they've gone through this emotional week and and they're just going to be sharper than we thought. Um, on the other side of the ball with Gordon, um, he's dealing, he's been dealing with a hip injury this week. They said it was like a lower body injury coming out of the last game. Um, it's been revealed. It's a hip injury. He did not practice on Wednesday and he was limited on Thursday. Um, they've had a 50-50 time split, but basically right down the middle, more or less, with Javante Williams going forward, uh, going throughout the season. Um, and Gordon hasn't looked bad, per se, but Javante's looked really good. It feels like he's really kind of coming on. And I could just see this be a game where they let Javante handle a little bit more of it. Um, don't try and push Gordon too much because of the hip thing. Um, and honestly, like, well, it depends on the game script, but Gordon has just nine carries in each past two games. So it's not like he's getting a ton of volume. Um, he's definitely been more, like, um, he's been utilized in the passing game, things like that, but he's not getting a ton of volume. So I don't know all things together. I think there's a chance that Denver has to play from behind, which goes against what Ben was saying, but I just, I don't know. It's just tough to read this game. I just ultimately don't think they're going to lean heavily, heavily on Gordon. So I'm going with the under here.
3: Yeah. Well, when it's a close line, you expect like, you know, both teams will be in pass-heavy scripts at the end of the game, right? Like, that, like, one of the things that at least, like, you know, I do when I build out player props is you look at the total, or, excuse me, you look at the total, but you also look at the spread, because if, I think right now that Broncos' game is, like, minus two, minus three, okay, mm-hmm. well, then it'll probably be tight late, which means both teams are in pass mode late. Uh, and so that that does lend itself to that. It worries me a little bit just because I, and this this goes to, to where I am personally. I just don't love Javante Williams in terms of how he's playing. Actually, talking oh, about Rugs okay. is a mm-hmm. really good, uh, Rugs' rookie season in comparison to Javante's is interesting because Javante's volatile right now. There are runs where you're like, holy smokes, like this is like the, the, the breaking 10 skills, right? Yeah. I remember when the Broncos released their video of their, their, their scouts talking, they're like, oh, he's got some chub in him, he's got some. He's, Zeke in him you see those best Javante runs you're like yeah I see it but then there's the standard runs where he should be picking up three yards and he's picking up negative one or whatever right and so those lend me to believe that the Broncos will continue to wean him on but at the same time like they clearly want him to be the guy so I understand why we're going there so you in or out I might be give me more time to think all right Craig
4: you answer first I'm not gonna force you to say it right away shark because I want you to think about it think long and hard see what Craig does maybe we can figure something out (laughs)
0: I, I don't know if it's if I, it's going to happen just yet for Javante. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's still truly an even split. And I think Denver is going to beat Oakland. I mean, Las Vegas. I don't really think the Raiders are that good. And I think if Denver gets an early lead here, they're going to ride Melvin more than they will Javante. And that's what we've seen so far this season. So 40, 47 yards is not too much. I think he's hit the over on that. 60 or 80% of the games he's played this year. So, I'm going to I'm going to take a slight I'm gonna be slightly out, shark. <laughs> yeah, I'm also,
3: out. I'm also slightly out. I feel bad for you. It was a good pitch. I, I like the cut of your jib. I don't know what they say on this. Well, show. really,
4: what I'm looking um, for is for you guys to <laughs> I like feel the bad cut of your jib. for you guys to feel bad about for, bad for me. That's really what I'm <laughs> yeah. going for. Just yeah, pity. Well, what pity is really what I'm looking for. What's the deal? Okay. What, what's going? What's been going on with the Broncos though of late? Because they just lost to the Ravens and Steelers.
3: I mean, the, the Ravens I get. Like the Steelers, what happened there? Yeah, their run defense was quite poor. Uh, they're trying to figure out how to get, like, what bodies they want to get up front where on early downs. On late downs, it's fun. Yeah, you know and I mean? We're going to blitz like crazy. We've got Draymond Jones. We've got Shelby Harris. We've got Von Miller, Malik Reed. Like, these guys can penetrate. First down, second down. All right, well. You know, they're struggling to figure out what linebackers they want and how to defend the run.
0: Also, I hate to say this. I think we all want—we do this all the time in fantasy football, where we want the new young guy to take over for the, like the established veteran, but it never happens as soon as we want it to. Melvin Gordon is a perfect example. Of that. Hate us, yeah. Melvin Gordon actually looks good, to be honest. Like when you watch him, he's—he's mm-hmm. he's been good his entire career, in my mind. But you never wanted to be. You wanted Eckler to take over, and now we want Javante Williams, to take over. But he's just not letting it happen.
4: Even like, with dude. the hip injury, that's really been—it's not necessarily that I
3: think he's playing poorly. I think it's, he was back right.
0: to practice today. Yeah.
3: That's fine. We still got a couple group chats that we can lean on
0: here. Yeah. Um, what
3: happens when someone's alone, a no support? Are they like a green bubble? They just got no, nobody wants to be in a chat with them?
0: <laughs> we haven't labeled that yet. We don't know what that is. Uh, we'll
4: have we to come, come up with, with that. We should, yeah, yeah. we should keep track of like when it's when it's just one person on their own and then like what the hit rate is on those, because that will <laughs> yeah, yeah, be fun. Yeah. Lone Wolf and Okay. All the right. Lone Wolf. I'm, uh, that's a good one. Lobo Solo here.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, here are sharks. I'm looking for five bucks on the Austin Eckler over 39 and a half receiving yards versus Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens have given up a league high, 342 receiving yards to opposing running backs. A lot of running backs hurt on the Chargers, not named Austin Eckler. He's been averaging six catches for around 48 yards per game over the last four games. The The Ravens are just really struggling with running backs. Their linebackers aren't doing a good job. The Ravens also blitz a lot. I think Herbert will be dumping off to Eckler. He has been dumping off to Eckler in the past Um, I think this is kind of. I think 39 and a half is really low. This is all kind of the perfect confluence of of things I need to happen for Eckler, who I think could have 80 yards receiving. This yeah, one. I'm I'm
3: I'm in on this bet. Bill, uh, on this one. I, I love this one. Uh, I think his over under for pure receptions is at four and a half. I want to say, which is quite high for running backs, but still with the way they target him. Uh, if Herbert drops back on first and ten, doesn't like what he sees right away he just drops it off to Eckler. That's like a very clear point from the coaching staff to the quarterback. Like, we're going to stay ahead of the six on first down. You can tell that's how they're trying to play it. That's why he holds the ball so much later on like third down and fourth down because he's trying to be aggressive early. They're very cautious. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, Ravens right now are like 29th in the league in DVOA when defending running running backs in the passing game. They do not have the personnel to do it. It's a, it's a smash spot. Yeah, I'm into. I like this a lot. So he's been playing on... So, like for instance,
4: last week, according to PFF, he had uh, he played on eighty one percent of the long down and distance, and a hundred percent of the two minute snaps. So he's getting opportunities here for for passing game usage. I mean, he's like playing.
0: He's almost at McCaffrey level, kind of. Not really, but he's close. Right.
4: He's he's definitely like the one of the main focal points of their offense. Like we thought that it would be like a bigger rotation with whoever, whether it was like Larry Roundtree or Joshua Kelly or whoever. It's just like Eckler is the guy, and then like those other guys are basically in there just to like spell him for a few snaps here and there.
0: Yeah, and he's getting the short down carries too, which is kind of always the big knock on him is that he wouldn't get the ball when it's short down in distance. But he has. He got a hundred percent of those carries last week.
3: Yeah. yeah. So I'm in this group chat, this baby. There we yeah, go. This is a good one. He's a lot of fun, man. He's just a straight good player. Like I think there's a lot of of figuring out and finagling, like, oh, Phillip Rivers and how he plays and yada yada. And like the size, whatever. Just good, good ball player. It's not dissimilar to the conversation around like Camara, right? Which is like the guy makes dudes miss. What do you want? What's totally.
0: his nickname? What do they call Camara? Or what do they call Eckler? It's like, it's like something about uh, pound strength per pound. Pound There's for pound. Pound for pound. That's what they call him. Yeah, right?
4: yeah. Oh, that's cute. Um, I well, like, I think he's like the yeah. best pound for pound running back in the NFL or whatever. Um,
3: what this game is going to be fun, by the way. Who, who do you guys like in this game?
0: I think I like LA.
3: I think the Chargers win it. Yeah. Baltimore don't match up well uh, mm. on defense, right? Marlon Humphrey takes away Mike Williams, hypothetically. Uh you got to deal with Keenan Allen against like Anthony Averett nightmare. Uh, they play with multiple tight ends. That means Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison on the field and pass downs nightmare. And then the other side of the the ball. Oh, like you know the Chargers run defense is bad running on them. Ravens run offense isn't what it was, man. No, seriously, the offensive line's beat up. It's all Lamar making stuff up. Which listen, that's problematic for everybody. I don't dispute that. Um, but the Ravens aren't built. You know, for all the Lamar discourse, they aren't built to do what they did against the Colts. And I think the Chargers' pass defense just has a little bit more teeth uh, than the Colts' pass defense does. I don't see them being able to pull it back if if they go down early.
4: I almost had... I almost pulled out a Keenan Allen prop this week, but it's just like, do I really want to be betting against Mike Williams Like at this point (laughs) in time? Like, come on.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house.
2: Uh, ben, this is me. Uh, I have been very trepidatious
3: of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the way that their team is run because the things that I think are smart, they don't do looking at <laughs> LaVisca Chenault mostly. Yeah. Um. But with that said, we expected James Robinson, uh, the running back to have a big volume early. He did not. And now all of a sudden he's back on the upswing. And so Uh, The line set for him this week against the Miami Dolphins is 15.5 rushing attempts. I like the over on that, and I like the over on 73.5 rushing yards. But focusing mainly on attempts... Uh, Miami is 21st right now in run defense DVOA, uh, so you can run the football successfully on them. Again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, this is a three-point line, so we expect this to be a close game throughout. It's not going to be a situation where the Jaguars are necessarily sitting on the ball, but it won't be a situation where they're not able to run the ball in the second half because they're losing by so much. Uh, we saw when the Dolphins had to with Tungavilua healthy that that was the model they wanted to follow. They wanted to be a team that won close games, tough, that relied on their defense. Meanwhile, we know DJ Chark isn't available for this game. Marvin Jones is nursing an injury and he's potentially out. So the more we're taking away their passing options, the more we expect them to be run heavy early, uh, try to control the game scripts, try to put together some long drives. So a heavy James Robinson dose in the first half. Uh, He was at 16.5 for his prop in week one against Houston. He was under that immediately his prop number cratered I went to 9.5 12 13.5 in subsequent weeks because people thought this was a committee but the way he's in playing means it's not a committee he's had 18 18 and 15 carries in each in the last three weeks he's had over 73 yards in each of the last three weeks he's coming off of the best performance perhaps of his career 18 carries 149 yards and a touchdown against the uh, the Tennessee Titans and Carlos Hyde had a bad goal line fumble which means if they get inside the 10 and they're running the football, I think Robinson has probably earned a few more of those carries over Carlos Hyde. So, to me, over 15.5 rushing attempts for James Robinson, who we now can all officially trust because the Jaguars will do a smart thing on offense. <laughs> you buy it. This is like, it's
4: so funny because, like, I love everything about this bet. However,
3: it's the Jags, and I just like, my God. Exactly.
0: And you know Carlos Hyde will get 13 carries. Seriously, this is is what I'm worried about. So
3: difficult. By the way, Visca's over was 53.5 receiving yards last week, and he had one catch for 58 yards. (laughs) I hate that team so much.
4: Ben, I talked (laughs) last week about Marvin Jones. Over three and a half catches, I think it was, or four and a half or whatever. It's like... Because yeah. you know, like whatever, and then I was, and I remember joking, like, "Ha ha! They've got Jamal Agnew, and yeah, maybe he'll whoever. lead
3: them in targets for this game." <laughs> and of course Obnoxious. he fucking did. And they've got LaVisca playing outside receiver on ninety percent of his snaps, and they're giving Agnew every target that would make sense. Oh my LaVisca. good lord, it's disgusting. So, yeah. Anyway, James Robinson,
4: <laughs> is this the game? Is this the the game that's in uh, in uh, in London, London this week? Right? It is. So yes, I'm just calling shenanigans on this whole game. I like <laughs> everything you said. I'm gonna be out just because it's in London and it's Irvin Meyer and the Jaguars, and I just don't something weird is gonna happen. You know what I mean? Something very weird is gonna happen. I can't trust this team. So for that reason, I'm out. However, I don't disagree with anything you said.
0: Um Man Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. It the Carlos like Hyde game.
4: The <laughs> Carlos Hyde game is Car-
0: coming. <laughs> he only he had five carries last week. Uh, Robinson snaps, took a dive, but his rushes didn't. He kept up with his rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. They're in London. Will Urban even make it to the game? Who knows? Um, <laughs> if Urban doesn't it, make it to, to the, the game, be on the James Robinson, in my <laughs> right. opinion. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, maybe I'll send Urban some places he can go in London so he won't make it to the game. Uh all right, I like it. I mean, they're feeding Robinson so much, and he's just such a talented player. He's so much better than Carlos Hyde. James Robinson's really good. 73's not that much. I'll, I'll, I'm in Ben. I'm in. The worst <laughs> thing about
3: betting props is you, you're, you take something that's like good in a vacuum, but then you expand it out to be like Jaguars in London. You're like, I hate how I feel <laughs> inside. Props are the worst for that reason.
0: Uh, I'm definitely not getting up at 6.30 to watch this, though, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> just check the score sheet from bed. See how we did.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who's up here? DK. Last one for you.
4: All right. So I go into this sharks with the knowledge that I am going to be betting in favor of one Ben Roethlisberger. However, oh, I still like I still like this bet. Ben Roethlisberger over two hundred fifty six point five passing yards. Um, two hundred fifty six just on its nose feels like attainable for an offense okay. for any offense going up against the Seahawks defense. Um, but I do think that the Steelers in general have been trending in the right direction. Like Ben Roethlisberger's Dot has gone up in each of the past three weeks. He's averaging 288 yards per game at home, passing versus 210 passing yards on the road. They're at home against the Seahawks. Seahawks' defense is incredibly bad, you guys. They've allowed 321 passing yards per game. There's, they've gone four straight weeks with, four, with giving up 450-plus yards of total offense, which is tied for the longest in NFL history. They might not do it again, but they're really bad is the point. And I don't see, really, honestly, I don't know how they're going to get better. Like, part of me is like, oh, this is the week they figure it out because the, the Steelers' offense has been, you know, very clunky and all that stuff. Like, Ben Roethlisberger's arm is getting ready to fall off. When I watch the Seahawks' defense, it's like, guys don't know where they're supposed to be. The communication is not there. Um, the scheme is so boring and bland. It's like teams can just like, if it's a zone, they just run a zone flood and then just get an easy first down. If they're playing off, they just run like a five yard stop route or whatever and like pick up the first down. It's just so easy to play against the Seahawks right now. They've had three sacks in the last four games. They have very little pass rush, which is like probably the most frustrating part, I think because I came into the season thinking they had some like underrated guys that could get it going. Just hasn't happened. Daryl Taylor is basically the only guy that they got going and they don't have Jamal Adams blitzing hardly at all. I kind of see this game potentially even being the Jamal Adams game where they start blitzing him a lot, which I think is actually bad, which is actually good for Ben Roethlisberger and bad for uh, the you. Got to walk
3: me back through that last bit. I'm I lost you there. So, <laughs> so
4: Jamal Adams, <laughs> well, sorry, Jamal Adams being more involved in blitzing is bad for the Seahawks and it's good for Ben Roethlisberger uh, okay, because you, <laughs> I think they're going to dump it off and do a lot of screens. The Seahawks have been getting screened to death. They suck at screen like defending screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, P- Seahawks fans are just going crazy because KJ Wright was like on free agent like market till like week three or two or something or whatever it was. And like everyone was just like, why the hell have we re-signed KJ Wright? The CX just refused to do it. KJ wants to come back. He's the screen whisperer. He's so good at blowing up these plays. And now they just get gouged and gouged and gouged on screen plays like we watched the Vikings do it with uh, Madison like all game long or I don't remember if Dalvin played. I think Madison was in that game. So regardless, I think in any case, I think it, I think that Roethlisberger has a very, very strong chance of going over this unless he like gets hurt, which you know could happen, but uh, the Tex defense sucks.
3: Listen, you gave me the vibes were off on James Robinson and the Jags offense. And then you want me to bet on Ben Roethlisberger over passing <laughs> yards? <laughs> In prime time? Absolutely not. I I not <laughs> even entertain this notion. Absolutely not. The prime I've time what's f- the
4: prime time aspect
3: have to do with it? Is that worse for him? Uh, because uh, optimally he's very bad, and everyone's watching it so that I can tweet all my Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> takes to the highest volume. That's why prime time matters. Yeah, that's fair. because if it's have. a bad Roethlisberger game at 4 p.m., nobody cares.
4: This is a good hedge for you then.
3: No, nah, because nah, nah, nah. it's
4: a win-win. Even if he plays well, then you're winning. Listen, Sidney this, this
3: Jones is playing good. Jordan Brooks is no, fast. he's not. <laughs> he's playing. His. He's, he's all right. I will say, I uh, I do have chase Claypool over in this game. I remember that for sure. I can't remember. if I think the line was around like 65 or something like that. Uh, So I do have that. So, okay, fine, whatever. I'm going to say
4: that that emotionally uh, you're there. You just don't want to do it because I just rejected your James Robinson one.
3: Yes, I cannot believe you. Listen, if the vibes were off about James Robinson again, (laughs) I fully the vibes are correct for Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Canada. I own that.
4: I own that. I fully recognize (laughs) that and acknowledge it. So that's fair. Craig, you're the you're the Steelers fan, so this probably isn't going to go over well to you.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna join you on this either. I'm 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 gonna sit out, Big Ben. Damn it! I got
4: two <laughs> solos. Jesus, this is brutal.
0: Yeah, I mean the Steelers play a lot. Be- ben plays a lot better at home. They're at, they are at home this week, I believe, right? They're in Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, man, but no, I I just can't do it. I, I the the prime time situation terrifies me because I can just see it. We're in the early in the third quarter and Ben's like nine for 21 for 80 yards and a pick. And we're all tweeting about how we need Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins in. And everyone's like, this is it for Ben. This is his last primetime game. It's over. (laughs) I don't like this at all. And even if the Steelers play well, like they did against Denver last week, they ran the shit out of the ball because they didn't want Ben to throw. Ben threw it 25 times last week. So even if they get ahead and they beat up on Geno, I'm not sure they'll even throw that much.
3: Yeah. And uh, I feel like if anybody gets a lot of extra targets now with Juju out, it becomes Najee Harris, probably, because he's the quick underneath guy, right? Like, the the short stuff, I should say. And, like, that's not conducive to a high passing game total unless Najee's really playing outside of his mind, which is possible. He looked great against the Broncos. Dude,
4: Najee's going to pick up 100 yards receiving on screens. Just wait. Seahawks have given up the second most passing yards of all teams this year. So, just saying...
0: I love that DK always goes against Seattle's defense. It is—it's a funny bit. Uh, I I've faded it. the
3: Eagles. Uh, I think in the last four weeks, love in Tampa Bay minus six and a half tonight. We're recording on Thursday, so <laughs> behind the scenes, there for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that worked out.
4: <laughs> That's fair. I—you know what? That's fine. I get it. I—I I definitely wasn't like pandering to my audience here, which is my fault. My fault.
0: You never know. You do. You're flying solo on this one. Good luck. You'll be texting yourself. Jesus. I don't know what that is. Yeah. We still don't have a name for that. Okay. Sharks, my last bet here, my last over under. I like Dak Prescott under 273 and a half passing yards this week versus New England. Dak has thrown for under 270 yards in three of five games this year. He's actually thrown for less than 238 yards in three of five games this year. Um, they've been leaning on the run a lot. Dallas has and it's been working they've been winning and they look really great they put up 36 points against Carolina and 41 versus the Eagles and Dak threw the ball 22 and 26 times in those games uh, the Patriots have been really good against the past they've allowed the six fewest yards to opposing quarterbacks they limit big plays I think this game might hit the under I think the totals is around 51 right now um, I just think the Cowboys are going to continue to play this balanced offense they're in Foxborough on the road I like Dak under 273
3: Yeah, with you on this one. The Patriots are the takeaway what you do well defense, right? Like that's kind of how they they always are. Uh, We've seen Prescott just be so, so, so good so far this year, finding intermediate windows. It's always been his strength. He's such a good field reader. He's such a good processor. Patriots are playing a lot of drop eight. They're playing a lot of rush three, a lot of lot of drop zone, a lot of put a roof on top of sort of a defense. Uh, They're allowing most of their their targets, most of their their receptions right now to running backs disproportionately, right? Guys behind the line of scrimmage in the quick game. So I like Pollard and Zeke in terms of their receiving performance and their rushing yard performance. I think the Cowboys can move the Patriots off uh, the defensive line, excuse me, off the ball. All of this takes away from Prescott really airing it out. So I think Prescott plays a good game, but in that he plays a good game, he doesn't really push the ball downfield too much. This makes a lot of sense to me.
4: Yeah, I like this one too. Actually, I think that they're going to be leading. I I think they're going to so that game script makes sense. They are the actually the fifth heaviest, sorry, the fifth run heaviest team, fifth most run heavy team. I don't know how the hell they say that. There you go, fifth most run heavy team in the NFL according to PFF stats. Twenty eighth in the pass. Which is weird because like, <clears throat> you know, we didn't think necessarily they're gonna keep up the torrid pace of passing that we saw last year, but like that is very dramatically different than what I think fantasy people were hoping for. Um so this is a smart one. I like this one a lot.
0: I'm in. Let's do it. We got a group chance yeah. then. Yeah. Hey. All
3: right, yeah, this is my strongest one. This one I saved for last. This is my favorite prop so far this week. Uh, Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings are visiting the Carolina Panthers. It was a game that opened Panthers minus one small favorites. Minnesota right now minus two. Uh, so a small favorite, but the line crossing over to favor another team is pretty significant. Uh, and that's the thing is Minnesota's a hard team to figure out. They're a hard team to bet. They were a field goal away from beating the undefeated Cardinals, and they were a field goal away from losing to the winless Lions. So <laughs> betting them on a large scale is tough. What you can rely on is that Justin Jefferson's doggone good. Uh, Right now, his over under for receiving yards is set at 76.5. It's a hefty number. I generally like to take those big wide receiver one numbers and go under them, but Carolina right now is 32nd by DVOA against wide receiver ones this year. This defense has been amazing they're really bad against wide receiver ones. And it's because even when they had J.C. Horn, they were asking a rookie to man up in those situations. You can pick on that guy. Now, without J.C. Horn, Stephon Gilmore not yet available. This is a game where it's going to be like A.J. Bouye or Dante Jackson in man coverage over Justin Jefferson. That's a huge Jefferson advantage. He's averaging 92.4 yards per game this season. That's a little bit of a misnomer because he's had two very, very high 120, 130 yard receiving games. But still, uh, he's gotten, I want to say, at least seven targets in each of the games he's played so far this season season again we expect neutral game script throughout dalvin cook absent may push them into a slightly heavier passing game script than we've seen when dalvin cook is available we saw that uh in previous weeks when alexander madison is playing they're happy to run him but they do pass it a little bit more than they would if dalvin cook was about ba- was back there your major concern is that he has an ankle injury he didn't practice on wednesday he told reporters on wednesday i'm gonna get a limited practice in on thursday and then i'm gonna play on sunday then he didn't practice on Thursday. So he still said he's going to play. Uh, and 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 I would imagine that, you know, he has some input there. So worst case scenario, he doesn't play and you don't get this. This bet just pushes. You get the money back. But Adam Thielen's also banged up and also hasn't played practiced Wednesday and Thursday. So best mm. case scenario, there's no Thielen. And if there's no Thielen, Jefferson's going to get 15 targets because that's all they got at wide receiver. Uh, So this is a a spot where, yes, you're running a little bit of a risk of a gimpy Justin Jefferson, but the upside here is tremendous. If you get him out there with no feeling, then it's going to be very hard for him not to hit this total.
4: Jefferson's one of those receivers that's like, he's cool because he has... A lot of utility in the short and intermediate area because he can get off the line. He's really shifty. Mm-hmm. Like he can juke a, like a corner out of his socks or whatever, but he's also a big play threat down the field, like wins in jump ball situations. So you can like bank on like one or two big plays a game, it feels like from this guy. Um 76 feels high, honestly, but like Jefferson's that good that I'm in on this one too. I like what you're saying about like um just like the game script and everything. I think it could come down to that. I don't think You know, I think that Carolina's defense has not been exposed necessarily, but obviously they're not as good as we thought like they were early in the season where it's just like they're beating up on really bad teams. Like I think that the Vikings offense is actually really good, um, at least when they're full strength. Um, So, yeah, I'm in on this. I kind of like this. I kind of feel like this could be a high scoring game and and
3: like a high uh, pass rate game. So, yeah, I'm in. The Vikings have been close in the fourth quarter in every single game they've played this year except for one, which was the Seahawks game. Sorry, Danny. And in that game, he had 118 receiving yards. So, like, yeah. even if he's close, he's still going to be getting targeted in the fourth quarter, more likely than not. I, there, this is like a funnel pass offense, too. Like, there's,
4: mm-hmm. you know, it's either going to be him or Thielen.
0: And he, well, he's even started to separate himself from Thielen. Yeah. Like, it, it, at the start of the season, it was everyone was hot on Thielen. He was catching all those touchdowns. But I mean, Jefferson sees 7% more targets than Thielen uh, on the season, which is pretty significant actually. So I like this one. What was it? 76 and a half. Yeah. We had some group chat. Look at that. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, I did. got a lot of these. um, Okay, here, before we let Ben go from our Shark Tank, we're going to do our long shot specials. DK, what do you got? <laughs> you guys have
4: all these parlays. I'm just doing... I've, I've yet to, like, do any of these parlays. I'm just going Mark Andrews' first touchdown score in the uh, Chargers-Ravens game. I'm going with the the hot hand approach here. He's, he's just <laughs> okay. playing, like, he's super confident, feeling good, Lamar's like, yeah. you know, feeling This it. is a
0: vibes bet.
4: Yeah, this is yeah. a vibes bet. It's like, you know, like in uh, NBA Jam when, like, he's on fire thing? Like, I, like yeah. I think there were, you know, look, hey, Lamar Jackson didn't play on Thursday, or he didn't practice on Thursday. Don't know what's going on with that, so. Okay. You know,
3: who knows? So <laughs> no, vibes.
4: Still, I'm still going with the vibes from last game because that's really what matters. I think All that right. he's probably going to play again. This is Thursday afternoon, so we don't exactly know what's going on. But, yeah, ride the hot hand. Also, the Chargers have been bad against... Tight ends opposing tight ends this year for whatever reason Uh, they've given up a league worst four touchdowns opposing tight ends they're third in yards allowed to tight ends Um, and I think just Lamar trusts him we don't want to have any of these like near the five yard line fumbles from Lamar like they're going to get that cleaned up they're just going to pass the ball Mark Andrews first touchdown it's it's plus eight fifty
0: luckily Ben we don't have to say whether we're in or out on these because they're long shots so we can just let that one sit there you know
3: I appreciate the logic. He had two touchdowns plus vibes. However, (laughs) pretty good. Yeah. First touchdown odds are the worst thing in the entire world. Yeah. They're so (laughs) stressful and so irritating.
4: The only reason I do it, literally, I just picture like being in a bar and I want to like have fun the first drive. Right. So, or like the first like few possessions and I have to wait the entire game for like my bets to play out. So like, this is why
3: I do these. Yeah. That is the nice thing about them is that you don't have to stress stress them for as long. Yeah. Which is
0: a great relief. (laughs) And then you can panic and tilt and make another bet after that one fails. Very yes, true. Exactly. Always setting
3: yourself up to to tilt. Very important part of betting. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, all right. My long shot, I got a Texans Colt same game parlay baby. Oh, Here's boy. what I'm doing. I'm doing Davis Mills over 217 and a half passing yards. Speaking a hot hand. Speaking of hot hand, okay, Davis Mills, he's, he's started three games. He's played the Panthers, the Bills, and the Patriots. Not the easiest start. Now he gets to play the Colts, who are a bottom, bottom tier pass defense. I'm parlaying that with Brandon Cooks, over 66 and a half receiving yards. He had a slow week against New England, but like Ben said, New England takes away what you're good at. They took away Brandon Cooks, who is literally the only good player on the Texans. He's still averaging 78 yards a game, receiving Brandon Cooks' still sees a third of the team's target. So I'm going over 66 yards for him. And then I'm going Carson Wentz over 233 and a half passing. yards. I learned on the Wednesday ringer gambling show with Ben Warren Sharp that the Texans have not blitzed a single time on third down this year, which is like, you know, usually a great way to stop Carson Wentz. This game (laughs) has kind of a low total. I think it's going to go over. And uh, Wentz has gone over 233 passing yards in three of five games this year. I think he's a little bit healthier now, too. He looked pretty good last week. So put if you put all those three together, Mills passing yards, Cooks receiving yards, Wentz passing yards, it's plus 320. A little over three to one. <laughs> this is
4: fun.
3: Dude, <laughs> I like that. so building same game parlays is a lot of fun. Uh, and 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 one of the best things about it is that it's a good exercise in like figuring out game script and, like, how will something work in the event that it happens, right? So, for me, like, when I have a, a feeling on an underdog, like, I had a big same game parlay on the Niners over the Cardinals last week. And if the Niners hadn't gone one for five on fourth down, we would have been freaking close. Uh, I missed on Elijah Mitchell's rushing yards by five, and he had it. He went over, and then got called back for a hold, and I had a spiritual experience. But anyway, uh, this week, (laughs) that's the Packers and the Bears for me. Uh, The Bears right now are five and a half point dogs. I think that's too much. Uh, The Bears' defense has been legitimately solid over the last few weeks. Now, they've had... Cincinnati and Cleveland and Detroit and some teams that you're not as concerned about on the offensive side of the football. But this is the style of defense that we see proliferating across the league. Sean Desai is a Vic Fangio disciple, and it has pissed off Aaron Rodgers before. Like when Rodgers was having those bad games against the Bears, that was Vic Fangio coach defense. Sean Desai was the defense coordinator or was the defensive backs coach. Excuse me. Like they knew. What they were doing in terms of what they were taking away with Rodgers. And right now, with Marquez Valdez Scantling out, with the offensive line banged up, it's a good matchup for the Bears. So if you like Bears plus five and a half and under 44.5 points, because if you think that the underdog's going to be able to cover, usually that means you're coming in underneath that total. You can build out a parlay off of those ideas. So, uh, right now, you can't find player props as we're recording because of the uh, the Daryl Williams, the COVID news that we we brought up at the top of the show. But Justin Fields' rushing yard props in most places is around thirteen point five. The over makes a lot of sense because of how often he boots out, how often he scrambles on third down. Devontae Adams right now receiving yard totals placed at ninety eight point five. That is extremely Oof. high. Uh, and yes, Devontae gets funneled targets, and yes, Devontae is a very good receiver. But second year corner Jalen Johnson can legit play twenty one point seven percent forced completion rate which is tied for fourth 90.6 uh, grade in single coverage tied for fifth those numbers are from pff brad who's, who's a bears fan so take the under on 98.5 and then if you are uh, a, a fan of i think it was craig's bet with aaron jones you want to toss that on there as well yeah, yeah. Okay. craig and Aaron jones over 53 and a half you can make this at about plus 230 plus 240 so i like bears same game parlays <laughs> i like plus five and a half for the bears under 44.5 i like uh, justin fields over rushing yards Devonte adams under receiving yards
0: this is, yeah. Uh, it's a great way to use FanDuel. Same game parlay. You can you can get this bet in. You can get my Texans Colts one in and, and definitely, definitely win some money.
3: Yeah, and also <laughs> Mark Andrews, first touchdown plus fifty.
0: Yeah, I yeah, love it. Fuck Vibes. It, fuck it. Vibes bet. <laughs> Send it, baby. Uh, all right, well, there you go. Ben, you entered this sh- podcast a minnow and you left a shark, so congrats. <laughs>
3: Feels good. <laughs> I'd like to be one of those goblin sharks with the weird jaws. You know what I'm talking about? Like the freaky ones living in the dark? That's my no. I, I don't. It, it, Still shark still the wrong thing. I'm sh- on Shark Week and not Shark Tank.
4: Craig, it kinda it kind of feels a little bit like he's the shark and we think we're sharks because he's yeah, actually
3: maybe he's on, I'm like the, he's
4: on the, the Ringer <laughs> Gambling show, like, you, which uh, is actually real. If you
3: saw my spreadsheet <laughs> this year, you wouldn't think I was too much of a shark, unfortunately. But we'll be all right. We'll do it. We'll, we'll
0: announce good. how Ben did on next week's show and we'll see if he's a shark. Yeah, there we <laughs> go. Just, just right, if it's
3: good announce mine if it's bad announce them as if they were Heifetz's and just be completely perplexed when he claims he wasn't on last week's show like no this is what you said man 100% we will do that sounds good (laughs) All right, thanks Ben thank you Ben of course fellas y'all be going
2: okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit Hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: All right, let's get to the bad quarterback league you can play against us on FanDuel, FanDuel.com/slash bad QB. It's fun. You can bet on bad quarterbacks and they win you money. <laughs> So this week, uh, going through Tier 1, the worst quarterbacks, we got Mike Glennon or Daniel Jones, first the Rams. We got Davis Mills against Indianapolis. Geno Smith against Pittsburgh. And Justin Fields against the Packers. DK, who you like?
4: So this is tough because, obviously, I think the obvious one would be Geno Smith since he's a backup going up against, like, Pittsburgh's pretty solid front. However... I just, man, I, number one, I kind of just hope Daniel Jones doesn't play. But if he is, he's according, like, it's Thursday. He's on track, apparently, to play. He was a limited participant coming off of a concussion in practice. Yeah. So it looks like he's tracking towards playing. However, he gets to play the Rams and Aaron Donald this week, which seems like the least ideal thing that you could possibly do for a young quarterback mm-hmm. coming off of a concussion. So, um, you know, ultimately, I'm just, this is a, choosing which defense to go against bet and I'm going with Daniel Jones against the Rams.
0: I'm gonna go with Gino. I'm I feel like you can't go wrong betting against Geno Smith. He hasn't played in like four years and he's going up against TJ Watt. Speaking in of in Pittsburgh. Yeah
4: speaking of props, there was a Geno Smith uh over under on interceptions. I think it was .5, So basically you just need to throw one pick to hit the over. And I was like, that seems like a pretty easy one. <laughs> was it know.
0: Pulpy? Was it a lot of pulp on I'll it? I'll
4: try to pull it up but when we go ahead and I'll pick it up when uh when I find it.
0: All right. So for tier two, we have Big Ben versus Seattle, Goff against the Bengals, Burrow against the Lions, and then Carson Wentz against Houston. Who do you like out of that one? This one's actually kind of tough.
4: Shoot. Who did I have? I
0: got, oh, I have Carson
4: Wentz. Um, How dare you? Yeah, i my
0: same game parlay?
4: <laughs> no. This one is kind of tough, actually, because I don't think anyone here is obvious, and there's really not like a dominant defense in this group that you're talking about. So I'm just going with Wentz basically because here's the thing. We've bought into the whole Wentz thing before when he has like a hot game or like a couple of hot games together, blah, blah, blah. Like he threw for over 400 yards. It was like one of his better games. Uh, Maybe it was career, honestly, last week. Um, I don't think that's who Wentz is. I I think I'm betting on him kind of like turning back into a pumpkin this week. And he's still the guy that fumbles a ton and takes a lot of sacks. So I'm just banking on a fumble or two here uh, against Houston, even though I know that Houston's defense isn't anything special.
0: I'm going to go with Goff because the Bengals' defense has secretly been pretty good. And Goff, if you look at... If you go into the bad quarterback league, you can click his name and see how he's been scoring. Goff has just been really kind of consistently average, which is nice. All I want is for him not to explode. And I don't think he will. I could see Big Ben throwing for 300 yards. I could see Joe Burrow throwing for 300 yards, even Wentz against Houston. Goff, I'm just like, man... No, like he seems like a lock for two hundred thirty, two hundred forty yards, touchdown and a pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's safe, one
4: hundred percent. So you were right; it is pretty pulpy with the Geno Smith over point five interceptions. It's negative two hundred. Oh, okay. M- minus two hundred, I should say. Um, all right, tier three. Mac Mac Jones.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mac Jones versus Dallas. Darnold versus Minnesota. Heineke against the Chiefs. Derek Carr against the Denver Broncos. And Teddy Bridgewater versus the Raiders.
4: Shit. This is a tough one too. I went with Derek Carr. Um mm-hmm. ultimately because I think I have the most faith in the Broncos defense in this group here. I don't this is probably not like a great strategy for me, but like um I'm really just going with the the defenses here. And I think that Derek Carr, with a new offensive play caller, there's always this chance that they could go off the rails. I know that I talked about earlier that it's going to be maybe like a pass heavy, closer game than we think, but I still think, you know, with Gruden gone in a new offensive play caller, new system, it could just kind of go off the rails for him. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I'm with Carr. But I think there's some... I think Darnold is a pretty good one here too, though.
0: That's who I'm going with. Darnold's yeah. been really bad without McCaffrey. McCaffrey didn't practice on Thursday. Doesn't look like he's going to play again this week. They're playing Minnesota. Darnold, so. yeah.
4: In bad game scripts this year, Darnold has been... Pretty bad. Like, th- this is like a famous thing after I think three weeks. He, they hadn't been trailing by at right. any point in any of the games. And then, as soon as these they start playing better teams where they're trailing, they're having to come back. They're basically leaning on Darnold to lead a comeback. Like, that is not a recipe for success for them. He throws too many picks. That's what he's done his whole career. So, yeah, I like the Darnold one too.
0: Okay. Tier four only three quarterbacks. Baker, because remember, we got buys now. So it's getting small. Oh, yeah, Baker yeah. against the Cardinals, Kirk Cousins against. Carolina, and Matt Stafford against the Giants. I think I'm going with Baker here.
4: I am too. Actually, I think, so number one, it just makes sense, I think, like Baker's the least prolific passer of this group. But also, I was looking at the weather report. It's supposed to be like 20-mile-an-hour wins on Sunday in Cleveland. Remember last ah. year when there was just like this period of time where it was like yeah. gale force <laughs> wins for like a full month every time they played in Cleveland? Um, I don't know if it's going to be that big of a deal, but... Yeah, it's supposed to be. As of now, this is Thursday afternoon. And I saw 20 mile an hour wins in Cleveland this weekend. So that could be a factor. And they could end up just running the ball a lot.
0: Okay. Tier five here. We got Aaron Rodgers against the Bears, Lamar against the Chargers, and Herbert against the Ravens. I'm not betting against Herbert, especially <laughs> after seeing what Wentz just <laughs> Made did. Made that to, mistake. Yeah. To uh, Baltimore. God, based, you know, after talking with Ben and what how he feels about this Chicago game, I think I'm going to go with Rodgers.
4: I did too. That's what I had. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're a good defense. I think they're solid. Uh, and you know, I think the at their at their core, I still think that the the Packers want to like run the ball and be balanced and like, you know, smash mouth and all that. Like they're not gonna necessarily lean on Rodgers to throw the ball a ton in this game, especially against a rookie quarterback. This is gonna be a game, I think, where both teams are trying to shorten the game. And it's gonna be like a low-scoring slog with not much passing and not many points. Of course, I'm saying that now. It's probably going to be like 60 to 50, but whatever. That's how it looks okay. on paper.
0: Um. All right, final tier here. These are the best guys. Dak against New England, Mahomes against Washington, and Kyler against the Browns. Are you going to go Kyler just because of the weather and he's kind of got a shoulder thing?
4: Yeah, I went Kyler. Like you said, because of the weather, he's got a shoulder thing. Also, there's a COVID outbreak apparently with the with the Cardinals right now, so we he end right. up, could end up losing... A couple of his skilled players. So I just there's a lot of question marks around there. I'm never gonna bet against Mahomes, I don't think, even if the team has been struggling and he's been throwing picks. Um, so yeah, Kyler is my pick here.
0: Yeah, especially with Mahomes playing Washington. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm gonna go with Kyler as well. So that makes my lineup Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Darnold, Baker, Aaron Rodgers, and Kyler.
4: All right, and I got hold on, I gotta pull it up here. Lost it, lost it. All right, I got Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Derek Carr. Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, and Kyler Murray. This is my week. I feel good about this one.
0: <laughs> I won money two weeks ago. I, I need to get back at it. this one nice. feels good. We had the same final three guys, so hopefully we made the right decision. yeah there. yeah um all right. so if you if you by the way, our tally on the props we're still doing well as a show. we're fifty eight percent
4: still pretty good. Fitz is definitely holding up his end of the bargain here i'm 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 the caboose I'm trailing you guys, but that's all right.
0: It's all right, though. You know, it's all about as a show. If you followed us as a show blindly, we are doing well. we are making money. (laughs) Um, All right. I wanted to get to one fantasy court here before we get out of here. This is from P. Jabber. Is this person's name? P. Jabber. P. Jabber. P. P. Jabs. Okay. He says, similar to the Rich Eyes and Trade mentioned last podcast, in my family league a couple years back... At peak Antonio Brown Steelers years, my cousin dropped Antonio Brown intending to drop kicker Josh Brown. Ah. My uncle on a different team added Antonio Brown from waivers and was adamant that this was fair. Clearly an accident, our league held court in a group message to vote on the outcome and ultimately decided to re-add Antonio Brown to the cousin's team. My uncle, who added Antonio Brown, was so mad that in protest, he benched his entire team for the rest of the year. Keep in mind that draft order is based on the reverse order of how the league finishes the year before. So 12th place gets first pick. What are your guys' views on both tanking and accidental drops?
4: So we talked about this last week, I believe, or whatever, a couple episodes ago. I believe, as a commish, it should be the spirit of what happened, not the technicality of what happened. So if you accidentally drop Antonio Brown, peak Antonio Brown, and you tell the commish, he's just going to... I think the commish should just add him back to to your team because it was clearly a mistake. It's not like you're just... This is not like a strategy thing where you're dropping Antonio Brown for a kicker or whatever. Like, it was just clearly a mistake. So that's how I commission my leagues. Like, if it was an honest mistake, I fixed that mistake because, you know, you can fat finger stuff. You can, like, accidentally hit the wrong button, whatever. You can read it wrong. Also, by the way, why do so many freaking fantasy platforms just list the initial? Is there something wrong with listing the entire name? uh somewhere like I just don't understand that. I guess it's making it like easier to read on mobile or something like that. But like
0: Yeah, I think it's so it doesn't cluster up the, the just, screen. Like, put the entire fucking name.
4: Um because it always confuses me. So especially with a guy with, like last name Brown. Like there's so many Browns. So um I would say that is how I feel. That's where where I would rule. Um as a commish, that's how I do it. You know, because whatever it's like
0: Yeah, this isn't know, like, the SATs. Yeah like, like
4: like who cares about that? Like this this should be like this like it should be fun for people, and like, along the same lines, like if you're tanking, like just get, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what we kick him out of
4: the league. Like
0: we haven't talked him. about tanking. He's his <laughs> uncle. He's going to kick out his uncle. I don't know. It's a
4: family league. That is like a infantile, like sorry, juvenile. Like he's throwing a hissy fit. This is like something my two year old would do. Like you know, grow what, up, though? grow up, Peter Pan.
0: <laughs> I do agree. Grow up. We've never talked about tanking though, and if we like think it's okay at first, I was like that shouldn't be allowed you should be forced to compete in some way um but then again a lot of sports tank and like if this guy wants to bow out and give me a now 1 in 11 chance of winning the title this year instead of a 1 in 12 chance like fine cool he gets the he gets Kirstie mccaffrey next year i don't give a shit <laughs> like like that doesn't that doesn't yeah. you know ensure he's going to win or anything next year if he wants to be that guy and be a baby i'll take a free win when i play him okay I think. It, it, what are you gonna do? Maybe I think, like generally
4: speaking, like I think, uh, if there are rules pre established in your league against tanking, then that's your answer. You can't do that. However, right. in this case, like if there was no official rule or whatever. Then yeah, you'll just have to basically be like what you said Craig, like he's you're taking out you're you're actually increasing the other people's odds of winning. I'm by me. <laughs> <laughs> because like at the end of the day, look, you have a hundred, you have a 1 in 12 chance or 1 in 10 at what depending on your league of winning the league. Um and they're just basically taking one giant variable out of it. So, I would say if there is a pre, you know, agreed upon rule against taking, tanking in which in some of my leagues like in the league I Commission. There's just, you can't tank. It's not, it's part of the rule. And like we have our whole playoff setup put together against tanking. So you have to actually like play for the first pick the next year in this dynasty league that I'm in. So it, it basically makes you continue to like set your lineups correctly th- rest, throughout the rest of the season. Um, and if 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 someone, we actually had this happen last week. If someone sets like a really shitty lineup and like benches all their like good players for shitty players, I just go in and pick a lineup based on what, what? I, wow yeah because th- this is an already established rule that everyone knows and so if people are trying to like skirt that this has only <laughs> happened like twice it's not like a big, yeah. it's not like a big thing um yeah wow. but anyways but i think like i said if there was a rule then you have to like enforce that rule if there was no rule then i guess like whatever <laughs> you just go with it but
0: it already takes so much luck to win a championship one year that if you want to take a year off because you're pissed, fine by me. <laughs> like, sure, <laughs> so, you can put it the next season. Yeah, I don't, I have no problem with that. Also, you shouldn't, you should never base your draft order on the reverse order thing. I don't like that. I'm not a fan the of the
4: next year. You like just random?
0: I like random yeah. or like do some type of fun competition that doesn't have to do with fantasy football, something where everybody has an equal shot, even picking out of a hat. I just like that more than the guy who got 12th gets first because yeah. then it becomes a tank battle at the end of the season.
4: That's so fun for anyone, I feel like. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did the we do the uh picking names out of a hat thing in the ringer league.
0: Dave, uh, David
4: David Lara. David Lara is our commission. He actually like records himself picking names out of a hat, so it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I I'm a fan of that. Uh all right. Well, that will do it. I'm trying to remember what is all the things high if does in the so end of the says, episode. He
4: says, Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Danny.
0: Thank you, Ben Solak, who's not here. Thank you, the ghost, the podcast ghost of Ben Solak for coming on today. <laughs> And imparting your wisdom on us. Um, what else we got? Thank you, sharks. We talked a lot yeah. about sharks. Thank you, hammerheads.
4: Thank you, Shark Tank, the show, for being a good show.
0: Thank you, Mark Cuban. Uh, thank you, Lauren. <laughs> uh, thank you, Sleigh Bells. Sleigh Bells. Yeah. I wait. Why is that? What is Sleigh Bells? It's a band. Are they Christmas music or no? <laughs> no.
4: Um, so there's a They're famous just cool song. Cool and hip. Real real is is a good song. Also. Uh, Crown, crown on the ground. I think it's called. It's like it was popular like a few years ago in in movie trailers. You'll recognize the like the intro, it's like music. It's really discordant and loud and cool and like gets you jacked up. By the way, as long as we're talking about it, if I if I was a professional baseball player and I had to choose my own walk-up walk up walk up
0: song, crown wow. on
4: the ground. Is it crown to the ground or crown on the ground? Hold on, I'm gonna look this up.
0: I think it's crown on the ground.
4: Crown on the ground. Yeah. By Slave Elves would be my jam.
0: If I were if I had my choice of a walk-up song, I would sell out and read an ad as I walk up to make money. (laughs)
4: Like me undies. (laughs) Then you like pull up your like jersey and show your me undies.
0: It's my voice being like, today's at bat is brought to you by me undies. I love me undies and I bat 345 in them. Manscaped. (laughs) there's no worse feeling than being a little too uncut before a baseball game that's why I like (laughs) manscaped
4: oh god I mean this is like where we're going in the world so that's fine
0: very true Uh, okay we will see everybody on Sunday